Welcome to The Conscious Investor. Let's get started. I'm so excited to be joined this entire week with Mauricio and Princess. If you don't know them, I don't know where you've been because they are everywhere, especially over on all the social platforms. Check out Facebook to make sure that you connect up with them. But today, I just want to welcome, welcome, welcome to The Conscious Investor. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Julie. It's great seeing you again. Good to be here. I know we've been tracking, we've been in breakout rooms together. Uh, you know, we've, I remember when, you know, you had just had your daughter and it just, it's been really neat just over the last year and a half to see life evolve, to, you know, watch you guys close deals. Like so much has transpi- transpired. And unfortunately, Princess, you were not able to make Dealmaker live, but Mauricio and I were able to, you know, actually meet in person. And I was just loved watching you, you know, your interview with Michael Blanc on stage. It was fantastic. (laughs) Your transparency, you know, just paves a path before you, but in the segment, I'd love to, you know, just like dive into, you know, who are you guys? What, where'd you come from? What do you have going on? What makes you guys tick? (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as all of my podcasts goes like I'm an industrial engineer by profession and we do, I mean, I do planning for the companies and also for the manufacturing. I also do um, basically connecting with the customers and with all the departments. So, you know, it's kind of like the jack of all trades in a company and mostly the industrial engineer, it, it depends on the company's performance. If they are performing good or if they are performing not, that it, it all depends on the industrial engineer. So basically it's the brain of the company, you know, if, if I would say, say, say that. <laughs> so most of the headaches and most of the pressure are actually in an industrial engineer. It's because, you know, um, you actually paved the way for the company to make profit and also to have a customer happy. So it all depends on that. But also, so I've been in this business for almost, I would say a decade, but, you know, um, Thanks for my husband that I was able to um, get out of it for my W-2 actually last year. It's because of the multifamily industry that we got into also. So, yeah, I mean, I'm also in a real estate uh, profession, an agent. I got it. I got my license like almost four years ago, but I've never really had it. No, three years ago. Sorry. But I never really practice it just because I'm into my profession, the, you know, the W2 profession. Uh, But uh, thanks to multifamily, I was able to utilize it and be able to, you know, take advantage of it. Yeah, she she is definitely the the brains of the organization. (laughs) (laughs) She is uh, the the one that puts everything together. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm the one who... Uh, usually makes the connections, uh, speaks to the brokers, uh, the uh, investors, and, and, and so forth. I do real residential real estate, Julie, for about seven years now, and uh, I love what I do. I love working with uh, new first-time home buyers. I love uh, when I help people go from their first to their second property. But uh, I think we both figured out that multifamily is uh, where our passion is. Yeah, and you know. It's good to be helping also other investors to get on board, especially those first time investors. So it's really 
it's it's kind of like fulfilling at some yeah. point to get them started and to see them grow and you know up to up to where they wanted their portfolio would be yeah it's so I, that's my favorite part about multifamily investing is being able to onboard someone who didn't have any knowledge of, that this was an option for their investment portfolio, and then they discover it and I'm able to you know, educate them. And when they are in an investment, it makes my heart so happy because I know the power, I know what escalator they just stepped on and I know the power behind it. And That's it's like, true. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for your journey ahead. You have no idea how amazing life is going to become. <laughs> and you know what? To be honest, like when we first discovered multifamily, we never really thought of it. I mean, it's just kind of like outside of our world. We never thought it, it even existed. So when we find out um, about multifamily, it was just like, oh my God, yeah. we can't believe that that you can do it. You know, it's how many people are doing it? Like, we don't know. Like, we never really know those people even existed because we don't even know that multifamily space. So not until we found out. And then I was like, oh my God, we can't, we can't wait for, for our friends to bring in, you know, just make sure that yeah. they are they are accredited or they are qualified or sophisticated or to get them on board to be sophisticated investor, right? Yeah. So, yeah. We wanted to share it with everyone mm -hmm. because- there's so many people that have funds in, in, and they don't know what to do because they think, well, I'd like to invest in real estate, but it's not enough to buy a property on my own. Plus, you have to take into consideration the, the, the loan, uh, property taxes mm -hmm. and so forth versus working with someone like you or, or ourselves that can do all the, the, the headaches, can do all the work for them and help them grow. It's, it's really great. It, it, it's such a powerful way. So, and I'm going to just put, give this plug. Um, when this episode airs, there's going to be an episode already out with Brandon Hall, who is a CPA. And we do some very specific segments for passive investors who are current working their W-2. And then there's also a segment for real estate professionals, you know, real estate agents, because real estate agents are the unicorns. And he explains in the episode that by nature of being a real estate agent, if you have just one asset that you are the active investor, could be a single family home, it could be an Airbnb, it doesn't matter what it is, but if you are the active investor on that, you can now recharacterize all of your passive losses into active. So now your income is completely, you can just obliterate your income over on your, you know, 1099. So if you're listening to this and you are friends that are, you know, real estate professionals, you know, as in real estate agents, and you're looking for a way to, you know, kind of navigate some of those self-employment taxes and all the other things that really, you know, we get hit with as, you know, as being self-employed professionals, Make sure you go and listen to that episode because it will unlock a whole new world for a lot of people. That's great. I, I actually, I, I talk to, when I talk to my colleagues, I always tell them the same thing. Like, how much do you pay in taxes? I mean, we're, we're 1099. We, we pay a lot. And this is a, a, a way lot. to offset. And I personally think that every real estate agent, especially the ones who live here in California, should look <laughs> for a way to invest out of state uh, uh, or even here. Because 
there's we have to put our money to work. And, and besides the taxes, we don't have an exit strategy. We just work and work until we're no longer able to hold open house signs, right? <laughs> right. So it's a way for us to create a, an exit strategy. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Now, do you have a do you have a background in residential? Marisa, what did you do prior to going into residential real estate and then uh-huh. multifamily? Before residential, I was uh, managing a bankruptcy department for a law firm uh, here in, in Orange County, and uh, I did that for quite a quite a few years. So that was through the recession. So I filed probably like close to 400 chapter sevens, and that's how I got involved in, in, into real estate, just seeing how, how everything took a dive and, and, and thinking, I'd like to be on the other side of the coin instead of telling people, hey, you're going to have to foreclose, be the one who wanted to give them the, the keys. So that that's what I did before. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So a little bit more about who you are on a little offshoot here. I'm curious, you know, some what are some of the things in Orange County, you, you're at least driving distance, to, you know, it's not that far to it's it's Southern California traffic though. So it's like forever, but you know, what are some of the things that you guys enjoy doing when you're, you know, down in the Orange County, the OC life? There's so many things. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, we, we moved to a, a different city uh, close to where, where we used to live. So we're 25 minutes away from the Newport beach pier and that's Huntington beach and all that stuff. So this summer, we took our daughter to the beach quite a few times, and that was that was really nice. We went to explore a new beach, uh, Dana. No, no, it was Dana Point. Like crystal, crystal, crystal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, everything is is so close, and we also like uh, going on hikes. Obviously, because of our daughter, we can't take her too far. But there's so many uh, things to do here, so many outdoor things, and the weather, as you know, it's it's always great. So. Besides that, I mean, exploring food options, huh? Yeah, exploring food <laughs> options. You know, even before we got our daughter, we're just like into, hey, let's try this one. Hey, let's try the restaurant here. You know, oh, well, it's it's newly open. Let's let's get a taste, you know, so something like that. So we love, we uh, I would say probably we are kind of like an, an adventurous when it comes yeah. to food. We could try anything as long as it's not really like so alive and moving, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so raw, but um, yeah, we we love to we love to get a taste of a new new food. Yeah, and I, I always say with food, as long as if it's something that I think is going to be too weird, just tell me after the fact. If it's going <laughs> to be delicious, that's great. Let me eat it, and then just tell me. You know, you just ate whatever, and I'll I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and there's just so many things to do here before the, the lockdown of course and be, before we got pregnant we used to go to comedy shows also sure. uh, uh, uh joe coy is one of our favorite uh, comedians and we wanted to see fluffy and you know people like that so th- there's just a lot of things to do but we were always working also and i think that's one of the reasons that we wanted to look for something different because we live in a beautiful place where there's so many things to do and we were always working. <laughs> yeah, we're always working. Either either I'm working, you know, from Monday to Friday and he's working every weekend. So we never really got that time to really meet and hey, Lena, let's go out. So the opportunity that we always get is like after work, which is, you know, you don't have that much time to do maybe until midnight if you wanted to. But, you know, on the weekend, we, you know, it's either he he's working or I'm at home or I also do some work at the weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, so we it's it's a lot of things to do, but we have very little time. And I think that's a plight of a lot of people. 
you know, people putting in 60 hour work weeks, you know, professionals working 60 hours. And if you have a family, then it's okay. The kids are in the extracurriculars. They're doing, you know, soccer, whatever sport it is, probably your music, whatever it is, they're doing something extracurricular because, you know, that's what a lot of kids end up doing. And you end up wondering like, where is our time? You know, the weekend comes and it's a matter of, oh, well, we got to run errands. You got to, you know, get the house clean. You got to do the jobs, the chores. So, you know, what's interesting is when you make that transition into a self-employed world, it is a transition. I'm wondering what that transition was like, because, you know, you're both in the self-employed world. My husband and I are both in, you know, in that exact same situation, lots of transitions for most people. So what were some of those pain points um, and how did you overcome them? Or was it all rainbows and unicorns? It could have been, but in general, I usually see people go through like some learning curves as they, as they make that shift. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, um, being on outside and working nine to five and shifting just to go work, work from home is kind of like, even, even, I mean, probably after pandemic when I kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to be working from home. Right. (laughs) So I'll be at home most of the time. So the, the transition is, you know, being busy and to something that, oh, I got most of the time, you know, I, before when you go on a break from my, from your nine to five job, you, you go outside and eat and, you know, you, you go <laughs> talk to your office mates or whatever. And now he's like, okay, I have my husband. So <laughs> I have him like for 24 seven now. So what else should I talk about, you know, or kind of like, um, you go out and make your own meal, you know, at lunch. So, which is good. You know, you, you, you get to prepare most of your food and which is, you get, you eat more healthy now that we're leaning more towards the healthy lifestyle. So we kind of like pick what we really want and not just like what is being offered. Right. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges that we had was turning the, the work mode off because, you know, we were working sometimes, I mean, before, I mean, right as our daughter was born, we were underwriting deals sometimes to two, three in the morning. And she would put her alarm like every two hours to feed our daughter and then step out with the baby monitor. And I was still underwriting outside. And, and the next day, we, you know, we had to do it all over again. So it got to a point where it, it we were together, but we were so focused on work that we weren't like really spending enjoying the time. And I think that was a big challenge because we had to to teach ourselves or tell ourselves, okay, enough work, right? Like yeah. you got to no, no work, phones away. And I think that was probably the toughest part. How that is so common. Like, oh, I'm like, I have clients. You're echoing like coaching clients of mine. Okay. It's a oh, common, <laughs> common transition challenge that people face, especially when you love what you do and you see the bigger picture of what you do and how it benefits others. It's really like, I just want to stay doing this. No, no, I need to get this next deal because it's going to help us and is going to help so many other people. So, you know, what are, how did you guys overcome that? Um for us we're more focused on really trying to get them on board especially our friends because we never really got the chance to get this one on us right it's because sorry let me let me rephrase it we we knew multifamily from the very beginning but we never really got the chance to like really 
explore the extent of it. So mm-hmm. as we go along, we've explored new things and we just wanted to get those, share it with people. And I, and I think that's one of our motto in our company and our vision is to really like, you know, extend the, uh, the financial independence to others. And that's what really made us motivated and keep going. And there was a point that we were just like, you know what, we ended up close our first deal and then what's next? You know, what, what are we going to do now? Like, what are we going to keep chasing deals? Are we going to, are we just going to keep managing the existing deal or are we going to be looking into more of like other things? But for us, it's like, I think it's an opportunity and it's a responsibility for an operator to really look forward and to see more deals and find more deals and get into more deals. It's only because there are people relying on us. You know, these people chose us and trusted us their money. It's because they know that we have a vision that we could help them at some point get their financial independence. And I think that's what really kept us going when it comes to this one. And, and that's, that's, that's just our, really our motto. That and and putting the funds away for a (laughs) a few hours at a time. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and that's the, that's the, that's part of that challenge is like, how do we, now that we have 24 seven to be working and to be together how do we create spaces to where we don't feel that we must be productive? So do you have, do you time block? Do you say these are business hours or? We, we try to do like, uh, like Fridays, for example, Friday evenings, uh, uh, just uh, four or 5 PM, turn everything off. And uh, during the day now, I think we've, we've managed it a little bit better. When we were in due diligence for our, our deal, it was Tough. And I see by your expression, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those were times where we had agreed. We can't really uh, uh, put the phone away. We can't really uh, uh, um, uh, keep the uh, move the focus away. We have to stay on this until we close. After we closed, then it was easier to to block to yeah to time uh, block some time away. Yeah, and we kind of put our weekends as much as possible free for just only for our daughter just because she she is into exploring right now. And we made it to a point that, you know, after 5 p.m., we go to the park and spend some time with her, play with her, and the next thing, you know, go back and have some dinner all together, you know. And in the morning, uh, this that's what we're trying to do also. Like, as if, if time or if, yeah. if my daughter gives me the chance to wake up early, then, you know, we go for a bike or we go for a bike ride or we go for a run. So yeah, there, I mean, there, there is that constant um, schedule, but really, you know, it varies at some point because of our daughter. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. When they're young, there is a lot more uh, variations taking place. Actually, it's always varying. <laughs> like, I know. You, got, you know, 13, it's like, yep, I thought it was going to slow down or change. No, it's always this like flux, this change. Yeah, I remember. I remember actually at Dealmaker Live when I saw you, you had your phone and you looked at me and you said, someday you're going to be texting like this with your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I I thought it was the coolest thing. (laughs) It is really cool when you can communicate or when they they swipe your phone and they do video messages to you and you don't even know it's in your, your photos until you go to check a photo and you're like, wait, what's this? I get some hilarious talk about, we love comedy. So 
I get some very hilarious moments. <laughs> I'm going to save it for when they get older. But as we wrap this segment up, um, what is the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? I think the best way is probably Facebook. Uh, we're both very active on Facebook. Uh, we have our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles, but I think Facebook is, is one where we connect the most. So either just uh, find our names at Princess Escoto Roque or Mauricio Roque. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if they got a chance to go on our website, that would be www.brickstoneinvestmentgroup.com. Love it. Thank you so much for joining me in this first segment as to like, well, who are you? I'm so excited. And everyone, make sure you go, you connect up with them and make sure that you are, you know, following if you're on a, you know, podcast platform, make sure that you're following. If you're over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe because Throughout the week, you're going to learn more about Princess and Mauricio, and you're just going to absolutely fall in love with them the way I have. Like They're amazing, extraordinary people. We're going to be touching base on their mindset. We're going to be touching base on what they consciously pursue, and you don't want to miss out. Until next time, live big, love bigger. Overwhelmed by apartment syndication but want to learn more? let me help you press the easy button. Head over to threekeysinvestments.com and download Syndication Made Simple. I explain simply how the process works, who's involved, and how you can get started today. You're smart, and with this simple guide, you'll be able to understand the process. Head over to threekeysinvestments.com and download Syndication Made Simple.